Hey all, you'll listen to Yank on the Footy. My name is Conso Taters, a football lover, an AFL football lover, all the way down from Melbourne, Australia. Listen to this podcast and a little bit about my passion, my background, and also why the Congo Magpies are a team of tragedy. It's Craig Wessels from A Yank on the Footy, and welcome to episode 117. I'm coming to you from Chile, Sandusky, Ohio. I'm thrilled that you're listening. The holiday season is upon us as I'm recording this on the 23rd of December, and uh, I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you happen to be. Looked like it's a little bit on the warm side in Perth today, but uh, here we're down at about, I believe, negative 2, negative 3 Celsius, so... If you wouldn't mind sharing some of that with us, just a couple of degrees, I'd greatly appreciate it, and you probably wouldn't mind either. Before we go any further, I do want to uh, give a shout-out to my wife, Katie. Happy 26th anniversary, sweetie. Absolutely love you, and unless I tell you to listen to this, you probably won't, because I know you're not a footy fan. Still working on that, folks. Still working on that. But uh, it's been 26 great years, a couple great kids, a couple crazy dogs. The only thing I would change... And I probably wouldn't even change this. It'd be nice if the house had a second bathroom, but, well, we've managed to get so far with just one, so we'll continue to make that work now, won't we? So, before we uh, get into the interview today and the discussion today with my guest, I did want to take a couple of moments and give a shout-out to the club of the episode. They are the Grovetown Pirates. Now, this is a club you've probably not heard of before. Uh, If you're in the U.S., you might have. They are the newest club in the USAFL, and uh, they were formed by a couple gentlemen that I had on the podcast back in episode 91, and that is Jawan Blair and Khalil Sample of the Steez and the Don uh, YouTube channel. These two young men uh, fell in love with footy a couple of years ago and started a YouTube channel where they are live streaming their reactions to games, discussing the results, um, just some really, really interesting stuff that they're doing over their YouTube channel. And uh, they actually got the opportunity this past year to go out and play footy with a couple different clubs uh, throughout the state of Georgia where they happen to be located and fell in love with the game itself actually out on the ground. And they decided, you know what, we need to get our own club started around here. We We've got the the talent base in order to do that, and they've had a lot of success in bringing players into the side and getting themselves organized and getting the club up and running, so they're going to be playing games as of next year. So, Juwan, Khalil, I wish you guys all the best with this. I'm hoping to get you guys back on to talk about the club itself here in the very near future. It's been very impressive what you've done, um, kind of emulating what has happened in the last uh, you know year and a half or so with Clubs like the Birmingham Bush Rangers and the North Texas Devils, you know, both new clubs that have come into the into the uh, comp as well. Now, also, one other thing I did want to mention, if you haven't seen their logo, I will put a link to their website up on the, uh, on the show notes. The jumpers that they've designed, I think, are absolutely fantastic. And I'm hoping that they do, in fact, create some stickers for the uh, club because 
I definitely want to display one of those in my classroom. So guys, not wanting to put any pressure on you there, but if you do make any, I hope to be able to hang one of those up in my room because, uh, well, the school where I work at are the Perkins Pirates, so it definitely fits in. So my guest today is a gentleman uh, who is a huge Magpie supporter, but he's he's also... It, I, he reminded me a little bit of myself uh, in this regard, because during our discussion, as you're going to hear, you know, he's somebody that, of course, like every supporter of their club, wants to see their club win every game. But he's kind of the same mindset that, that I have, where other than that, he wants to watch eight great games that weekend, or he wants every game to be a great matchup and a, you know, a, a, you know, a smashing competition between the two sides, not necessarily hoping that you know side A or side B wins. So... I think you're going to like this uh, discussion. I do hope you'll check out the uh, website, which we'll talk about in the closing as well, over at yankonthefooty.com. You can find everything related to the podcast there. So let's go ahead and dive into my discussion with Con Sotitis. Con, an absolute pleasure to talk to you, sir. A, a, a true gentleman. I've enjoyed engaging with you in, uh, in other situations offline, uh, dealing with other issues uh, surrounding LinkedIn and that sort of thing. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. And, uh, folks, I hope you enjoy the discussion. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My guest this episode is a gentleman that I met in a discussion forum about using LinkedIn strategies. He's extraordinarily well-versed in that. He's a business development manager at Big Red Sky in the Melbourne, Victoria area. I am thrilled to welcome longtime Magpie supporter, Con Sotitis, to the podcast. Con, thanks so much for getting up early for me this morning, sir. No worries. Thank you, Craig. Really appreciate it. It's always great to talk AFL. Yes, I'm. I'm thrilled to have you on here. It's uh, you're you're somebody who has kind of a unique history, and I think that uh, you had mentioned that you're in one of the rooms that I was in that your family had emigrated uh, from Greece when you were, I believe, three years old, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, got great memory, Craig. Great memory. No, yes, uh, not, go ahead. Big move. Yeah, we made the big move uh, back in. Uh, and in fact, this is where the story gets even juicier. We moved to Australia in the first week of October. And if you know your AFL, you know that the grand final is held the last week of September. And that last week of September was 1966. And if you know your AFL history, you'll know that's the year Collingwood lost his team killed by one point in the grand final. So here we are. We've travelled thousands of miles. We've landed in uh, the port of Melbourne a week after the one of the most uh, heartbreaking losses in the club's history, losing by a point to St Kilda in the grand final. Little did I know then, three years old, didn't know much. And then we get picked up by my uncle, who just happens to live a drop kick from the Congo football ground, Victoria Park. <laughs> okay. The spiritual home. Actually, a virtual, it is a virtual drop kick. Actually, we would, grew, growing up in there was was an experience. And you, you had to follow Congo. It's a bit like, you know, growing up in Cleveland, I suppose, or growing up in our... In Boston, you got to follow New England, you know. So mm -hmm. it was uh, it was an experience, but been, by living so close to the ground, you just you were part of that sort of culture. So yeah, that was uh, an experience. And so when we migrated there, and then growing up there, it was just an amazing, um, amazing experience. And uh, and I could talk more about how growing up there, the sort of things that I witnessed, the sort of culture that I that I saw. I mean, football is, and but more of those days was still very much a very um, what do you might call it um. Uh, nomad, sort of a uh, you know, nomadic, sort of very much uh, tribe, tribal, sorry, tribal, very tribal. Um, 
Collingwood was known as a working class suburb. So a bit like, let's say, maybe a Detroit, if I'm looking at mm-hmm. you know, a bit like, like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, Detroit, very, very much working class suburb. And we were separated. Uh, the border was separated by one street called Victoria Street. And the other side of Victoria Street was the arch rivals Richmond. As you know now, Richmond is very successful. And um, there was a massive arch rival. And then the other side of the border is separated by another arch rival called Carlton. Okay. So we start seeing the establishment, and it's, it's happened, but more we established what we call the big three, and later on we saw Essendon. So the big four clubs in Melbourne are Conwood, Carlton, Richmond, Essendon. Traditionally, that's always been the case. Now, I, I will mention right now there are some D supporters who are tuning out and saying, we're going to go find something else to listen to at this moment. And tell now, look, this, this will be the D's. These, were, yeah. these have a traditional stronghold because they're the most sort of um, established and traditional club. And what, what is it with the D's? I don't know if you know the history, but the Melbourne Cricket Club mm-hmm. is uh, stationed at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. Right, right. And when you joined the Melbourne Cricket Club, you were traditionally a Melbourne supporter. So they the Melbourne Cricket Club is a very much uh, an established um, cricket club, uh, very um, very much based on membership. Uh, it's averaged 20, 25 year wait to become a member. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, we put our children down from birth and hopefully by the time they're mid-20s, they've got a membership. Okay. That's the long one. So a lot of the Melbourne supporters have traditionally emanated from that sort of uh, environment. Yeah, I had a... Uh... Uh, they are very much an established club, but they would never. And I mean, maybe the D supporters can write into us and tell us, but uh, they've never been considered to be a powerhouse club like the Carlton's, Carlton's, um, Richmond's, and 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 Essendon's because of the membership base and and so forth. They're very much. Plus, it took them fifty-seven to, years to win a premiership, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I had not said that. The rest but, of them, this, the rest the, of them just came out. <laughs> <laughs> and if it wasn't for Collingwood beating them in 1958, they would have gone. They would have gone and done the four because oh, they had uh, 56. They had, uh, they had 55, 56, 57, mm-hmm. and Collingwood beat them in 58, and then they won 59, I think, in 60 something like that, and then 64. So the dominant team, Barassi, you know, and all those sort of players they made from that. But anyway, go back to my story. So we grew up in an environment where it was very tribal, and uh, I still remember the days, uh, Craig. Growing up in, at my uncle's house, and my uncle had a long driveway. And because we were just a drop punt away from the ground, mm-hmm. we would sit at the front. And it was those days, it was, um, I think the currency had just changed. We went from the um, from the pennies and shillings to the dollars and cents. Okay. Um, so uh, we would sit at the front and put a two up, meaning $2, for them to park there all day. Because okay. parking around the suburbs was very hard. Right. So uh, my uncle's driver would fit four or five cars in, and we'd, we'd make 10 bucks for a day. That for us kids, you know, kids of six, seven, eight years old, that was that was gold. Yeah, absolutely. So, so how long had your uncle? Great. How long has your uncle been in Australia? Because he, I, I'm, I'm he, guessing he, he had been probably Greece as well. Yeah, he might wait about a year and a half before us. So he hadn't okay. been that long. Yeah. Okay. But he had established. He had other family members that were established there from about the fifties, the forties, and the fifties. Okay. So but other members there. So while you were only three, you you don't have a lot of young memories of Greece because, no, because no, you were three when no. you left but but what as you're growing up what what do your parents tell you about the the difference between where you where you're growing up now in Australia to where they grew up in Greece or what what was the culture shock for them like 
oh, massive culture shock. You're talking, Craig, about people uh, being uh, dropped into a country with no language. So it's a bit like me now being dropped in the middle of China. I'll mm-hmm. be stuck. I'll be devastated. So they come here with no language. They've come here with a virtual suitcase with uh, their belongings, uh, having sold up everything. And they've lived with family members until they can establish themselves. My father was good. He was, um, he was a hard worker. He's passed away now. He's been about seven years. But uh, hard worker. We, we managed to buy a house within the first year and a half because he worked very hard a lot over time. He was in a Ford motor company here. So they went on to General Motors. So uh, we had manufacturing then. Uh, worked a lot of hours. Worked a lot of overtime. I remember there'd be times when I hardly saw my father for weeks on end because of all the 12-hour shifts and I've been a young boy, mm-hmm. you know, in, in bed by about 8 o'clock. He was still at work. It would have been a couple of weeks before I even saw my father, really saw my father, you know, <laughs> the salary. But, but we were managed to get a house. But the lifestyle was so different in that he's gone from being a farmer and a shepherd in Greece to being a factory worker and having opportunity. I mean, mm-hmm. even though he's always had to use his muscle, he's always had to use physical labour. So therefore, he's gone from physical labourer in the farming and the shepherd sort of and doing that to working in a factory and getting paid appropriately been able to give his family opportunities. Mm-hmm. It was a big deal. It's a big deal. And it, language is still a big issue for my parents. My father passed away my mother. They've never really actually picked up the language because what happened here, Craig, was because the community had enough Greek-speaking, uh, English-speaking Greek people, they were able to help each other translate and, and, and get across various issues. Okay. So they never had a need to learn the language. And then as we grew older, we went to school. We knew the language, so we were able to help our parents a lot more. Right, right. And my parents still struggle with the English language. Or my father, my father's password. My mother very much still struggles with English language. Well, it's funny you mentioned that your your dad had worked with Ford because uh, that's one of the other reasons why I'm wearing this shirt that I'm wearing. Because okay. uh, because between my grandfather, my father, my uncle, my cousin, and my brother in law, there were almost 170 years of working at Ford. Wow. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I have two Fords parked in front of my house right now. So we're, we're definitely yeah. a Ford family. So yeah, that's yeah, another, yeah, that's definitely. one of the other reasons why the cats were, were appealing to me when I decided <laughs> to which club I was going to support. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't look good in stripes or hoops. I don't. Hey, you know, hey, you know now, but we've lost all that manufacturing. Ford's moved out. General Motors has moved out. We've lost all those companies, which is right. a bit sad. Right. Yeah. That's well, why the yeah, that's why it moves, but it's very disappointing. And very yeah, we we've lost that. You know, we still have some manufacturing here, but they're now subcontractors that have moved into the old Ford plant. The General Motors plant here in the city where I live is closed. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's it's sad. Yeah, a lot of our industry has left this city. Yeah, the, we we have a a massive amusement park here in town, which is the and plus I'm, I live right on Lake Erie. Uh, just about okay. an hour west of Cleveland, so it's we are very much a tourism destination for people. So oh. we we rely on people coming to visit us. Uh, okay. So that's that's where okay. a lot of our money comes from nowadays. But, but Craig, you know, the good thing was Ford and those that provided food on the table for our families, mm-hmm. provided my dad, my father, an opportunity to work and get compensated and buy a house. And and I still say to this day, I mean, I I still never forget this emotional story. But I never forget when my dad was passing away, had dementia. I sort of kneeled in front of him. I said, to, <laughs> "I said to him, uh, thanks for coming to Australia.' You mean because it was a big move, Craig. It's a big move. So right. thanks for coming to Australia. I really appreciate everything you've done for me." And I actually finished up. I whispered in his ear. I said, "Thanks for the kind of magpies." And he starts laughing. 
now did he did he become a magpie supporter while he was oh, yeah. yeah well he okay. was never into it but uh, that would that would ride on the joy of my joy with me being happy that would be happy too okay because i would see the pain and suffering because if you know the history of the magpies there's a lot of pain and suffering there we're talking about 44 45 year old, 45 grand finals only having 14 premierships whatever so 15 mm-hmm. premierships so you know you're talking about a lot of suffering there by uh, a lot of a large group of people and very loyal dedicated supporters so they would ride the highs and lows with us and um Although I never got, never went to a lot of games, um, still was very much interested in their in their fortune. Well, if you were if you were near the training ground, you probably got to see a lot of the club as a child oh, growing yes. up, where you could, you know, you're yes. you're over, you know, looking over the fence, or you're you're there watching. Yes. So that yes. that had to be exciting, being able to see oh, all that of those, 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 those days. Yeah, those days didn't have the facilities, so they would they would run around the streets of the, the suburbs. Uh-huh. That would be their train run. And we'd just stop there, watch them, you know, see the new players coming in, watch them train around the ground. It was just it was just a different environment. And then they got facilities, they were training the house and all that. But those guys, they do a lot of the training around the suburbs, the local parks, whatever the case may be. So do you do you like the game more today? Or do you do you kind of wish it was kind of like it was back then, where it was maybe a little more tribal and you're a little bit closer to home, but look, we we had to. Well, there's a couple of things here. We had to expand for the sake of the game, so we had mm-hmm. to make it a national game. Uh, it was a Victorian-based game, as you would have read the history. Right, right. Right. You're very you're very well versed in history, and you're a very educated man. So uh, it was very much a Victorian state-based game, uh, and there was some rivalry there. So in, in Australia, Victoria, South Australia, and WA were the three predominant states that played AFL. But you have the uh, on the eastern seaboard, New South Wales and Queensland were the predominant rugby league states, and they still are predominant rugby league. So we had to expand. I think expansion has been good. I've liked expansion because we've had, uh, we've seen a lot more capable footballers, a lot more talent come in the game. What I think we've done is some, some of the rules uh, I think I'm not as happy with. I think some of the rules have become very interesting. And um, uh, don't want to go back to the Stand. past. No. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. Stand, yeah, stand. That, that one there, really. And then I think, having said that, I think that one there, but it's created more opportunities where players can run on and create some opportunities. So to some extent, people have been critical of it, and I think it gets used to it. But once you get used to it now, I think it's the, like any rule, Craig, it's the administration, the policing. So is someone jumping up and down standing? No. Is someone moving, you know, left? before the stand will come out, we had the left to right, left, you know, east, west, east, west. I would say east, west. You would have heard that. Mm-hmm. East, west, east, west which means they can go across, and then we've got the stand rule, which means they can't move. Look, some rules you're probably not excited about. I think that I've become, in my later years, I've moved on from being a one-eyed con supporter to a football lover. Okay. So I love watching I love watching talent play. I love watching Petrarca. Petrarca is just the most yeah, exciting play. Bontepelli, you know, one of the most exciting talents we've seen on the game. Petrarca, you've got... Uh, you got, you know, the guy, the other, the, you got Gorn, you got Jackson, the, the Ruckman from Melbourne, you got, you know, you, you got players like um, you know, Morton from Footscray, you know, the, the astronaut they call him, you know, and yeah. you got some, and, and you notice not talking about Congo players here because I think there is some great talent out there that I love watching week by week. And during the winter months, I would say that I would watch and attend probably uh, out of the nine games that are on during the week, probably six or seven, I'll either be watching or attending. That's that's I I try to get to at least that many, but I try I try to get every game each week, uh, yeah. because what because it's during the summertime and I'm a school teacher so I'm oh. I'm I'm off in the summer so I'm 
I'm I have very strange hours in the summertime because you know seven o'clock in the evening games are five o'clock in the morning for me. So where do you get a what, you got a pay TV provider there? What do you got them? What do you yeah, get them on ESPN? We have a no. We have a uh, if you're an international fan, you can buy an international membership, and they have what's yes. called the Watch AFL app. So yes. I get all of the games uh, live or Ooh. on demand. Uh, all of the programming from Fox Footy. Uh, oh, I, that's I, right. Yeah, I wish they would. I wish they would just work out a deal where they would put on the the front bar and things like that on there because I'll <laughs> see that from time to time on on uh, YouTube. But I mean, yeah. I, I enjoy watching that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, it's the, banter, uh, yes. Yeah. And once you know the characters, it's great. Yeah. And now, look, I'll give you another little insight. Uh, this is very not much people know about me. Not only do I love the game that much. I also work at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, so I'm a, I'm a customer service supervisor there. So not only do I watch the games, I actually get to see all the other games as I, I'm a customer service supervisor at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, so I get to be part of the environment. So I've not missed the grand final for 25 years because I'm either watching or working. Okay. Well, except for the last one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, which, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about those. But yeah. Yeah, but it's, uh, no, as yeah. in yeah, but the ones that we've had in Melbourne, because as you know, it's a uh, it's a lifelong contract to have it at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. Right. right. Uh, it's uh, one of those uh, perennial. And now with uh, what's happened because of lost the last two, I think they're going to give them a few extra years on their on their contract. But it's great being part of the atmosphere. It's also great to watch how other supporters react mm-hmm. when you're not aligned to those two teams playing. You become an observer, and it's just amazing to watch their behaviors. And you say to yourself, "Am I like that?" And sometimes you realize. When your team's playing, you are like that. Yeah. So it's a real, it's a good reality check for me to say, you know what, pull it back a bit because that's ugly, or that's no good. Well, that's you know, that's because one thing we pride ourselves about here, Craig, is that, and I said in America, it's NFL, it's a family sport. You can take your five-year-old son and feel safe. It's not like this, the European soccer where you actually got a lot of aggression all that. Mm-hmm. And we, we and we don't segregate our supporters here. We actually mix. I would sit next to an opposition supporter at a grand final. Yeah. So yeah. there's no segregation. There's none of that. We actually mix and we all join together. And that's what I like about the game in Australia. Yeah. And and you know what? One of the things that you know me coming into the game so late in in uh, my my life. You know, I don't I don't have in my DNA that uh, that disdain for another club like you know because you know if if as a cat supporter you know which club is supposed to be at the top of the list that i hate and it's supposed to be hawthorne and and i and i don't i don't i don't have any animosity towards hawthorne as you mentioned you like watching good footy you know of course i want to i want to see the cats win every round but other than that i want to watch eight great games of footy i don't i don't care who wins necessarily now of course if it helps the cats on the ladder i'd be silly not to want that that kind of an outcome but i want to watch eight great games besides you know the cats winning. I, I love you've done your. I love you've done your history here, Craig. I mean, you know that you know the role between Geelong and Hawthorne. You, now that that's just you know for someone who's living overseas, that's that's very admirable. You've done your history. And you know the rivalry because for us, it's uh for Collingwood, it's always been Carlton and probably mm-hmm. a bit of Richmond. For Geelong, it's been Hawthorne. Every team's got a bit of rivalry. I just admire that you've done your history. You've done your reading. You well, know the rivalry. That's that's great. And I, I actually mentioned this in my last interview. I said the, the one thing that I like to do as often as possible is I, I, I like to, to recommend to the AFL that, that they schedule Richmond to play one more game at Marvel each year than they typically would do it. <laughs> Just because I know how much they love going there. Uh, you remember when Dimmer when came out and said, he goes, what put us at Marvel? Uh, supporters don't come there. 
But Dima, everyone plays at Marvel. And we're all gonna it's the AFL ground. We've all gonna support the AFL. Well, I just I just I, I find it it just blew my mind last year because they, they played the Giants there last year. And I believe that I think there were like eighteen thousand fans. It, it's it's yeah. not like it's not like they had to cross a crocodile filled river on foot and you know cut through jungle with you know snakes and that sort of thing. They had to get on they had to get on the subway or they had to get on the train or whatever and travel. Nothing. Think, what, you five, can walk five, like a walk across five kilometers, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They can virtually walk it if they had to. Yeah, yeah. this is a team. This is a team that comes out and tells us they've got a hundred thousand supporters. 80,000. This is a team that promotes a big time. 800k. Good on you, Tiger Army. 100,000 supporters. Go, Tiger Army. 80,000 turn up. Give me a break. Well, uh, yeah. Now, full disclosure, if you're a Tiger supporter who's listening, I- I'm starting to work on my my preview for this this year. I do think the Tigers are probably going to be back in the eight this year. And oh, if they're healthy, he's... I think they're going to be pretty damn good this year, quite frankly. He's... Uh, yeah. yeah. So, and they picked I mean, up uh, they picked up Tarrant now from North Melbourne. Their back line's going to be more, mm-hmm. you know, short up there. I think they picked up Tarrant. Great pickup, magic pickup. Yeah. So I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be really good this year. I'm, I'm tipping like you. I'm tipping the Tigers to be up there. Definitely. Yeah, I I think so too. And I didn't I didn't have Melbourne in my eight last year. So I feel I did I did have the Bulldogs in the in the grand final though. So oh really? Got, well got, done. Had, That's a good pickup. I had I had them in Geelong in the grand final, but uh, you know the Cats. They ran into Melbourne, and I and I I told people I said I thought that there were more than there were more than one Max going out on the ground because he's oh, yeah. he's absolutely he's absolutely everywhere. It's I think amazing. for the Cats that that loss at Kardinia Park was it around 20, 21, uh being seven goals up and then losing uh, yeah. Melbourne that really that really yeah. hurt them. Yes, it did, and it and I think that really was a springboard for the D's yeah. to to go play finals. And I actually I was yeah. able to talk to. Um, Frank Davis, who played on the 64 premiership team with the D's because yes. his, his son lives here in the state of Minnesota. And I, and I, I talked to him online all the time. So I had the two of them on for uh, an interview right before the, the grand final. Um, it was good. great to good talk on. to him. Yeah. It was because he, he ended up being the, uh, I, I don't think he was the list manager, but he's like the recruiting coordinator for Hawthorne yeah. when they were winning all their premierships. So, oh, yeah. so he had some good history with that too. So, you know, are where do you think that, well, let me ask you this question first. Was it time for Bucks to go? That's a very, very good question. As, as, we are very much a family of our uh, supporters. We discuss as a family. I had a lot of faith in Bucks and probably still do. I think um, what happened was, and I'll, I'll give you a bit of history. I think the fabric of the club was ripped out once the Adam Trelaw trade had gone through. Uh, for me, the most disappointing part was when what we hear, what is written, when Buckman told you all that his own players didn't want to play with him. That was, for me, disappointing. And I think some of the players also probably lost a bit of faith in Bucks then too, mm-hmm. lost a bit of that sort of uh, belief in him. I think Bucks tried to retrieve it during the year, but it was always evident with the start of the year we had. And we've always had injuries. Look, and everyone gets injuries. Don't get me wrong. We don't want to blame injuries. Uh, was it time for Bucks to go? I think, honestly, truthfully, with a hand on heart, yes. Okay. If you give a coach 10 years, I think 10 years is enough to rebuild and start again and rebuild again. You know, 10 years gives you two times to rebuild. Right. Now, you got it. The unfortunate thing with Bucks is that we came so close to 218 and that really hurt. He would have gone down as a premiership coach and that would have been his big claim to fame. He probably would still be around 
to lose it on that last kick, again, I talk about the, the pain the Collingwood supporters have gone through. I'll never, never forget that day, being there with my family. I just can't believe. I still, it still haunts me, Craig. It still haunts me. Talking about it, I, I've never watched. I've never watched the replay. I've never watched a second of that game. Um, I do recall one incident at the end of the first, at the end, towards the end of the first quarter. My brother-in-law texts me and says, "Ah, oh, this is in a bad game, over. And I said to him, "I look at the text. It says, "No, no, a long time to go." Yeah. And I said to him, "Never ever again send me a text uh-huh. with five goals up because you don't know what it's like to be a Collins supporter." Well, so. I- the time for Bucks to go, yes, it was. Well, do you think that? I mean, you, you look at also the the Jaden Stevenson trade, which I mean, they 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 got. You know, granted, he had a lot of injuries, but that I mean, they they took a lot of youth out you of. You got to know Jaden Stevenson. Uh, I, mean, I don't even see much about what he, you might give much much news about Jaden, but Jaden's had some issues since then. He's right. been caught out a couple there of were, times. Didn't he have like some gambling issues child. or something? Yeah, yeah, gambling issues. Yeah. He's a bit of a problem child. I mean, I don't think supporters have. Um, Worried about Jaden. I know he was a rising star. Don't get me wrong, he's a good player. I don't think supporters are worried about Jaden, but they, they're really concerned about your law. Natural law, right. he was a high position getter. They killed the position. He wasn't in, efficiency, was really, really average, but he was a high position getter. And right, he was right. an in and under player in the middle. You could put him in the middle and pick up the ball for you. It was a bit of a runner. Had a reasonable side, you know, 40 odd meter kick, pretty accurate. Uh, a bit of a ball magnet at times. Even in the grand final, you would have seen he was quiet, and then he came through uh, a couple of times. So um, I really was hoping that the Bulldogs would win it for him because I, I like Alan Chalor. That incident, then we also lost Flip. Was lost, we lost Flip to Hawthorne too, so then he left too. So once Flip left, and we lost Jaden, and we lost Chalor. That that uh, recruitment manager is gone, as you know. Uh, what's his yeah. name? Uh, guy, Ned Guy, he left. Uh, Derek Hines still there. I like Derek, but I think Derek's got time, time to go there too. They brought in Graham Wright, a good magpie player, premiership player with the Collingwood, done very well with Hawthorne. They brought in Lepage as assistant coach. I think I've got a lot of time for Lepage. I've, I've heard him, yeah, he didn't succeed as a Brisbane Lion coach, but I've heard him speak. He was at the Tigers as an assistant, he's a great assistant. And I think McRae is something different the club needs. Okay. He's got pedigree in relation to the clubs he's been. I don't know. I'm going to give him two years, Craig. I think within two years we should be uh, knocking on door of the eight. Okay. We'll see how we go. Okay. Yeah. And I, I'll have to tell you, I'm a, I'm a huge Trelaw fan. Uh, I heard, I heard him on an interview, uh, a podcast that Narrowly Meadows does. That was just, I mean, just the stuff that he went through as a young person, and just you know to to come out where he is. I mean, I you can't okay. help but wish him all the success that, that he has wherever it is. Now, you, you said you were hoping that they were, they were going to, you know, pull it out for the, the doggies last year. Um, now I did, uh, my, my students had finished up. Yeah. I'm, I'm always trying to promote the game at school. In fact, I converted, the principal at my school is, is now an Essendon supporter. So, um, but you know, and, uh, and I, you know, I had, uh, my, my class yesterday finished up their exam fairly early which I haven't graded it yet. So I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I, I turned on the second half of the D's and uh, Bulldogs grand final. And there's this, you know, there's seen the score where the, the, the Bulldogs are up, I believe by 13 points at that point in time. And I, and I, I said, go ahead and watch and see what happens here. And, you know, they're, they're watching this and they're seeing, you know, that the, 
the D's go ahead and outscore them by about a hundred points in the second half. And, and some of the kids have, you know, have seen some clips and some, you know, cause I'll have games on in the morning during the school year when, you know, when the games are happening, when they come into my room in the morning, they'll, they'll be, it'll be on the television cause I'm watching. Um, but they were, they were just awesome. amazed. What, what, just, age, what age group? What, what age group are these kids? By the uh, way? Predominantly oh, they're high school kids. So mainly 16, 17 years old. Yeah. And a lot of them are, right a lot of them are, yeah, a lot of them are high school athletes, you know, cause you know, cause we have, you know, we've got the, the USAFL here, which has been around for about 25 years. And there's, you know, there's about, there's about 50 teams that play in that league here in the States, um, all didn't over the Cox, country. Didn't Coxie come from that? Didn't Coxie come from that league? Or? I think he played in there for a little bit. I know he was back here in the States, uh, at the, the nationals, the national championship in Austin, Texas back in. Oh gosh, I think it was October. I think he was there. Yep. yep. Yeah, because they they had the nationals down there because they didn't play that the last two years either. Um, is he a bit of a cult hero? Is he a bit of a cult hero for the American followers? For the people who follow the game, yeah. But again, you know, if if you're not somebody who follows the game, no people don't have a clue who he is. Because this big YouTuber, this guy is an ex NFL guy. He has won a couple of times. Uh, Pat McAfee. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. he well, loves that guy. He loves the guy. Well, he loved it for a while, and I have, and I, and I've, I've somehow, I've somehow managed to get blocked by Pat McAfee's show on Twitter. I still to this day don't know how it happened because I don't say negative wow. things about anything. But when there were no American sports being played, he yes. got, he got, he got on the AFL bandwagon really yes. quickly and yes. just embraced the game, which was fantastic. But as soon, as soon as. Big- as soon as the games, as soon as we started playing the NBA and as soon as baseball started back here, the, the sponsors of his program started to whisper in his ear, talk about American sports. Don't talk about this other stuff. Talk about the ones that we're paying you to talk about. And you, you don't hear much about the AFL from him anymore, which, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that he did, you know, try to spark some interest in it while it was good. While, you know, it was the only game in town, but you know, and I, and you yeah, know, we Coxie did, yeah, Coxie on a couple. Of yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah. And I and I've not had him on the podcast. I'd, I'd love to get him on. I've not reached out to him. Um, you should reach out. Cox is good. Yeah. You should reach out to Cox. He's a good man. Yeah, he's a good he, man. He seems like a, a great gentleman. But in fact, I had one of one of my students went to to run track at Oklahoma State University. Uh, he was a he was right. an he was a track athlete there. So wow. so you said that. You said that you don't see the pies in the eight this year and probably next year, but maybe okay. Next year, maybe next year. So, yeah. Look, if we can get to about ninth or tenth, I think we'd be very, very happy. Mm-hmm. Miracles happen, Craig, and you know, things can happen. I think we need some. Uh, I think we're lacking a quality forward at the moment. We're lacking quality forward. They don't know what they're going to do there. I mean, Jamie Elliott. We haven't got a Lynch. We haven't got a key forward. Every team, you know, you got Richard got Lynch and Rewall. Now that's why right, we right. regard Richard highly. You got Aaron Norton and Keith. Uh, what's his name uh, at um, the Bulldogs? You got. You know, look at all the good teams. You got. You look Hawkins at and Cameron. Exactly, exactly <laughs> right. Look at that. Now you got you got some good. I mean, Hawkins are getting a bit old, but Cameron's yeah. there. That's all right. He's good. You look at Melbourne. You got. Um, you know, what's his name? Um, the guy with the slick hair and anyway, they got they got a good uh, good forward line too. McDonald's Bailey still French. there. Yeah, that's it. Yep. French. <laughs> like we've got the slick hair. Well. French and uh, McDonald's still there. McDonald's a good player. Then they they move Gordon in the back and they, they can move Gordon and Jackson different roles. We we're lacking that now. I'm surprised they kept Cox. Now I'm thinking they kept Cox. 
they're going to try and they, well, if they've kept Cox, they've got to play him now because right, we right. all thought Cox was going. Now, if Cox is staying, he's going to get a game because they got rid of Lynch. So they, they've got rid of the other guy to Hawthorne. So they've got to play, it was a Lynch or Riff, I kept mixing up which one it is, but they got rid of one of those tall guys. So they've got to play Cox in the forward line. If they play Cox, in, see, Cox came on the scene. Cox is a unique beast in our game. Right, right. If only he learns how to use his body, he would be a star. Mm-hmm. As you know, with this game, it's all about position. That's why Dusty Martin does so well. If you see Dusty Martin one-on-one in the, in the square, he never, never loses a contest. Right. He uses, he's strong. He's got a good centre of gravity. can use his body, can push the player around, can manoeuvre them and take them out. Mm-hmm. That's what Dusty is so good. Whereas right. Cox needs to learn that skill. If you learn that skill... We've got a potential. We've got a great Ruckman. He'll come good again this year. Mm-hmm. The midfield, Pendlebury's a bit injured. I think he's getting a bit old. I like to see Tay there. We're going to see Braden Maynard move into the middle a bit more. I'm confident we've got a really good list. Yeah. Just need to keep forward. Well, I, you know, the, 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 the guy that if somebody said to me, yeah, and, and maybe it would be Brody Grundy, but if somebody said to me, you can, you can pluck one player off the Magpies list and put him on your squad, I, I have to say... The one that I might take with Brody Majacek because he, he's like a yeah. Swiss army. He's like a Swiss army knife. He does everything yes. pretty darn well. And it's just, you know, he's, he's not a superstar, but he, he's not, he, he's not, he's not certainly not embarrassing himself out there, but he's doing, he's doing everything at a, at a, a average to above average. Yeah, yeah, yeah. average. And average year last year, his kicking wasn't as good as what we've seen in the past. Right, Remember right. this, Brady Mychek was a mature age. Brady Mychek was a mature age recruit, which in our game, mature age recruits don't do as well. So that means they've they've not come through the system. You know, the 17, 18 year old draft that they go into play in the other minor leagues and they get picked up at 23, 24, 25. So those guys uh, are, are very rare. And uh, to come as a mature age recruit and to do what he does, it's just awesome. It's just amazing. That's a, that was one of the best picks we've had. Right. Now, I have to ask you, because I was doing the math when you said that you moved in 1966. Yes. Uh, which means that you must be 58 as well. 59. Okay, so, you, you, okay, so you're a little older than I am. I, you were born in 63, correct? Uh, two. So 62, okay. Is, yeah. I was born in 63, so we're roughly the same age. Do, do you ever stop and think to yourself, gosh, I can't believe I'm sitting here calling a 23-year-old mature-aged. <laughs> no, but I, I look. I look at the game, and I look at the game and see that it's a young man's game. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, twenty-three is at your peak. So when you get right, right. with that game, once you get 25, 26 you really it takes two, three years. Look at Petrarca. Mm-hmm. You look at Bourne. Uh, you look at those guys. Look at what they had. Pontapelli. Look at them. Um, sadly, the game, our game, um, uh, Craig, unlike your game. Your game is physical, but our game is also not only physical, but it's also taxi. And that's right, why right. you'll see your game, you can play midweek. You see European footballers, they play midweek. They'll have they'll have three or four games a week. Our mm-hmm. players cannot play more than one game a week. Mm-hmm. They'll be exhausted. In fact, we have six-day breaks. You can see the players are struggling at the end of the, at the, end of the third quarter or early fourth quarter. It's a very taxing game. One, you've got to be fit. One, you've got to be physically strong. And two, you've got to be mentally tough too because it's a, it's a week-by-week game, but you've only got six days, maybe five days, maybe seven to recover, and the body right. is just so sore. Yeah. As you see, it's a very much – I think it was McAfee who said, he goes, these guys wear these little skimpy little shorts, no padding, and they jump five metres up in the air and they come down and they play, keep on playing. Right. 
right? Yeah, you know, I think uh, people, yeah, they're just amazed with, you know, with an NFL player, they might get hit, but they got all this stuff on them. And yes. NFL yes. players got nothing. Well, they yeah. just, got, just got one of these. Yeah. So when they get kicked in the ribs, they get kicked in the ribs. They get kicked in the ribs, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I'm yeah I'm a huge baseball fan, but I, I don't like what the the league here in the U.S. and Major League Baseball is doing to the game. So I haven't I haven't watched an, uh, a, an inning of baseball in two years, and I'm I'm so wow. thankful I'm so thankful for footy having you know filled that void over the last several over the last five or six years. It's been it's been an absolute blessing, you know. So it's I mean this this is so Craig. What was the first game? What was the first game you saw, Craig? What was the first game you saw? Oh, you I, I don't remember. I don't remember what game specifically it was, but you know, I I work as an. I also announced the, the football and soccer games for the high school where I teach, and I would come home on Friday nights after the games, and there would be a game on. And I honestly, I don't remember what the first game was that I saw, um, but it ha- yep. it had to be fairly early on where I was seeing, you know, Nakaya Cockatoo playing. So it was probably twenty. I think it was sixteen that he first came really came on the scene with the cats 2016. I don't think it was 17. Um, he had a couple of big games with them, but you know, it just was, I was just starting to learn the game, you know, still trying to figure out what's with all the whistling, which is, you know, something that the kids that even asked me about just yesterday, well, what's with all the whistles. And I, you know, explained, you know, I've shown them a couple of clips in terms of, you know, here's kind of the rules of the game and how it works and such. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But, you know, I, I was just watching the games on the, like the, the cable television channel here. Cause they would have two or three games on each weekend. And I just started gravitating towards it. And, and I just, I, I just fell in love with it. You know, and then, you know, you, I, I was going to mention to you that one, I actually have a sticker on the back window of my van that says, you know, I, I support two teams, Geelong and whoever plays Hawthorne, even though I don't, <laughs> even though I don't really mean it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You are diehard, man. You really are. We, you, you want to see a stick of that menu in the states, not in, in Australia. But that's great. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's you know, and I actually i've 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 started you know a uh, I have a huge drafting table for my desk in my classroom, and I've started to cover it with footy stickers. So I've got like four. <laughs> I've got like forty of them on there now. So I, I keep I keep mentioning I said if anybody's got one drop one in the mail I would be more than happy to display it because I actually I have somebody who just uh, dropped a Brisbane Bears sticker in the mail. I've got heaps of stickers. I should send you some. We got as a Commonwealth member you get stickers every year. We don't use them. I should drop you some. I'll let me know. I'll drop you a couple every I'll year. Every year we get a membership. I'll drop you a couple of stickers. Twi- twist my arm. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'd be, so, I would. You got my email address. Send me your, send me your address. I'll send something okay. to post to you. Yeah, Every year, we, as part of our memberships, they said us we all got a membership, so we all right, we've got right. about six or seven stickers. Yeah, I mean, so I've I, got, just, I just, I just stick them anywhere I can. Yeah, I mean, I've got, uh, you know, I've got, you know, um, you know, Kazi Pickett, Kazi Pickett, and Max Gone, and Daisy Pierce, and. Uh, Bailey Smith stickers. Wait a second, there. I'll show you something which is a rarity. One second. Okay. I'm about to take off the. Uh... Can you see that? Uh, it looks like uh, Nathan Buckley. Yep, that that button there. Yeah. The look button. how young he was. That's what he was playing. Yeah. Well, the hair doesn't look a whole lot different from when he was when he was coaching. <laughs> yeah, and it's. Uh, that's amazing. So that's one of my. Uh, really uh, cool. I bought this one with someone else. So this would be now. Uh, he was playing in the early 90s. This is nice. This is about 20, 30 years old, man. Okay. So, is Dugowie going to play this year, do you think? Okay. This is an interesting one. I love my game. I love my club. But I want Dugowie out. 
is not good for the culture of our club. We don't need people like this in our game. And more importantly, we don't need people like this in our, in our, in our club. Now, I believe in innocent until proven guilty, definitely. Uh-huh. But the guy's got enough incidents on the board now to show there's a bit of a bit of an issue there. You can get off on all the time. You might say, okay, well, I've always been in the wrong situation, the wrong place. But look at Dusty. Dusty had a couple of issues. Now look at him now. Nothing. He's learned his lesson. He's learned that he's a football player and he's got a commitment to his club and to his players. Dusty was a bit of a rebel in his young days. He had a lot of issues. Okay. But he settled down. He won two Norse Smiths, a couple of brown eyes, a couple of premierships. The guy is, even though he looks so different on the field, he's a model club man. He loves his players. He loves his club. And he's there for his club. I think Jordan Degoyas needs to take a lesson out of someone like him, who he considers to be one of his his mentors. You know, Degoy talks about Petrarca. Petrarca and Degoy very much the same vintage. Degoy is a very skillful player. Right, right. But Craig always believed that the club is bigger. I believe the club is always bigger than the individual. That's my view. So now I love to see him play. I'd love to see him get out there. I would as a con supporter. But man, jeez, I've had enough. Maybe. Uh... Maybe they could work out a deal with the Bulldogs and trade him for Trelaw, bring him back. I would have put him on the draft. If we've got a number one pick for the next two years, I'd put him on the draft table, yeah? Yeah. If we can get a number one pick from someone like uh, Gold Coast or something like that, I'll definitely put him on the table. Okay. I'm surprised. Yep. Yeah. He's just he's a good talent. The kid's got a lot of talent. Right, just, right. Just got to get his head right, and it's you know what it is, Craig. Kevin Sheedy, the great Kevin Sheedy, mm-hmm. when he was a coach, he said, "We give every young player an opportunity to own a house. Every player that comes in the system has got an opportunity to buy a house outright. And talking mm-hmm. about a house, could be you know, a couple of hundred k. It's what they do after that that counts. I have mates." You know Shuey? You know Luke Shuey from West uh-huh. Coast? The North Smith medalist of 2018? Right. I was his team manager when he was uh, playing with my son when he was eight, nine years old. I can show you photos of Luke Shuey sitting there, the young nine, <laughs> ten-year-old kid. But you could see the kid was going to make it. Mm-hmm. You know why? He knew where he was going. At ten years old, this kid knew what he wanted. His family was all around him, supporting him. As a team manager, you know what it's like when you're a team manager. You need to find a scorekeeper, a bell monitor, a, a, an umpire, right. a side monitor. You know? His father will be the first one up to say, Con, what do you want me to do this week? And I'll say, because the family embraced him. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. They always around him. And he made it. It hurt me to see him win the Norman Smith in that, in that premiership. It hurt me a lot. But I was so deep down, I was very proud because I knew this kid when he was 10 years old. So, so, you know, in a way, in a way as, as, as heartbreaking as the, the loss in 2018 was for you as a magpie supporter, there was that, that little kernel inside of you that went, damn, I'm proud of this kid. I wrote to Luke. I said, Luke, he, I showed him a picture of where I was his team manager. I said, Luke, it hurt me a lot, but mate, congratulations. Well done. I still have memories of you aiming to be the best. Not only you're not a premiership player, but you're now Norm Smith. That's in our in our game, Craig. Premiership and Norm Smith. I mean, the only thing you're missing is a brown line. Right, right. And I said to him, and he actually said, "Thanks, Con. I remember the days when you were our team manager. So it was really good. It was that's nice. Very, that's very cool. That's very yeah, cool. You, you got to, you know, what, Craig. I, I, I said to you, I'm a football lover. I've 
and they're quite supportive of my football love. And I mm-hmm. actually said, you know, I'm going to give this kid a, I tweeted, I tweeted him. I said, you know, well done, Luke. Very proud of what you've achieved. Hurt me a lot, but very proud of what you've achieved. So who's going to be that the... Takes a lot of, that takes a lot of guts to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, who do you think is going to be the, the biggest uh, bolter? I, I think the term is bolter up the ladder this year. Who's going to be the biggest surprise this year, do you think? And jump into the eight that maybe we have. I, I think uh, I like what Essendon is doing. I like what Essendon is doing. Essendon is build, building up a good list. I think uh, they've got Parrish there. I think is a pretty good player. They've got Chambers there. Uh, what's his name? I think it's the same there. Yeah, I think well, I like what Essendon is doing. I think they're going to really uh, make a difference. I think Carlton with a new coach, mm, they've lost one of the players due to the vaccine rules. They, they've got a good list. Again, it's going to be injuries. I, I like. I think Carlton might also finally maybe break into the eight and maybe get a bit of a finals game. They need it. They really do need it for their club. Um, Giants, for me, are always one you've got to be careful of. Uh, right. They've got the talent. They've got this uh, raw talent. And they've got Leon Cameron. Leon Cameron's just got this knack of being able to get players up. I think if Camilio can find his form again and you get Brad and get Greg come in and uh, you know, he settles down a bit, I think the Giants might be another one to watch. They're my sort of picks out of the out of the blue. I think North Melbourne will struggle. I think Geelong will be thereabouts. I honestly truly, truly think Geelong, with all due respect, Craig, I think Geelong um, missed their chance probably two years ago. Yeah, not, not going to go down. I think they'll be top four, top six around there. Yeah. They're not going to go down. They won't, they won't go down the ladder. John doesn't go down the ladder. John doesn't rebuild too many times. Right. They managed to maintain it. Uh, I think um, I think Richard will definitely be up there. So looking at people outside of the A coming in, I think Richard will definitely be top four easy. Uh, who else is there? Carlton or Melbourne? Who else have I missed? Um, anyone Saint, else you maybe, think I've missed? Maybe, maybe St. Kilda? Saints? Oh, Jesus. Saints are one of these teams. And, and I and I tip, I tip Fremantle in the so. last year. I, had, I tipped yeah. Fremantle into the eight spot last year. Did you hear they've extended Longmire for a couple more years? So that's going to be interesting what Fred Mann was done there. Yeah. So I must have, I like Longmire. He was our coach, assistant coach with us. He was good for us. He was really good. Um, again, with, with Fred Mann, I can't see a lot of that. They've lost chair, they've lost chair to, Carlton, to Carlton. Right, right. So I think I think they've, they've lost a bit of talent there. You get the, what's his name, the uh, the sentiment. He's getting old now. Uh, I can't forget his name. Uh, Nat Monday, Monday, yeah, Monday. Oh, Dave, yeah, well, he's not getting and, – and, again, this gets back to what I mentioned to you before about our, our age there. He's not getting old. He is old. Even he though he's is 20, old. Even though he's 20-something years younger than both of us. <laughs> he is old. You know? He's not getting old. He, but he keeps playing. But five, five, six, keep playing. I, I think Freeman will be against Strangler this year. I really do. I think, that, I think West Coast – they're too proud of a club to be where they are. I think they might come through in the top eight. But that's, yeah, I still think Richmond. I think Bell will be up there. And I think I, I like what Essendon is doing. Okay. Now, I I, I heard uh, there's there's a, an American, there's, because there's, I think there's basically three of us here in the U.S. that are doing podcasts about footy. And there's a young okay. young lady that lives in New York City. And she had, she had a line, and I sent her a note about this, because I, I said I never thought about it this way. But I think in a way that you're, you're kind of right, because she she just she said that the cats reminded her the way the cats rebuild their list. She said it reminded her of a Ponzi scheme, which I thought, you know, if you stop and think about it, that's in a way that's it, a it's not necessarily the that's not necessarily wrong because they that's keep wrong. they keep trying to pay the investors, you know, right now and not not necessarily the ones yes. in the yeah. yeah and, yeah, we don't see Geelong rebuilding a lot. I mean, in our history, we don't see Geelong rebuilding a lot. I mean, uh, for me, uh, I, I have an issue with Geelong too because I think 2011, we should have won it. 
And if it wasn't for, even though we all were happy to see Pontiagri go down in 2011, we thought, okay, this is ours. That really changed the whole dynamics because Tarrant didn't have an opposition player. And then when Stevie J went on Tarrant, he just demoralised him. Mm-hmm. So that that was that worked. Pods actually going down worked well for Geelong in that game because I think if they kept the structure with Pods in there, we were going to win that game. We were, we were ahead of that game, even going to that third quarter. I'll never forget. Yeah, have you, have you seen the 2011 grand final? Have you watched it? I have not. Um, I actually I have a 2011 uh, premiership oh. hat that somebody sent me. But I don't. I've not. I have to find that game online. I've not watched that one. Watch the game. It's about watch the game. For me, the turning point of the game. Watch the game. You remember this? Since I put this in the podcast, watch that game. It's towards the end of the third quarter, and Darren Jolly, the ruckman for Collingwood, punches the ball from the throw-in automatically out of bounds. Now the rule is, if you punch it from the ruck over the line without hitting the ground, it's a free kick to the opposition. Now this is in the pocket at the MCG. It's where Geelong's kicking to. Mm-hmm. Bartolo gets the ball and he kicks a goal. Collingwood's still in lead by about nine points. So that was towards the end of the third quarter. That for okay. me was a turning point. That was, Geelong that got was... the momentum and then just went over. Okay. Uh, okay. For me, so, uh, Malthouse lost that game because he didn't. Yeah. Now, did did you end up playing footy when you were growing up? Did you get involved with it? Oh, look, we all did. We all did. But I okay. mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Never, never really wanted to have the time to do it. Nah, no. Nah. We all did. We all try to have a crack and uh, have a go, or have a crack, have a go. But uh, no, nah, never really got into it. Nah, never was never any good at it. So just thought I'd stick to following. Okay, okay, that's a, that's all right. Um, so who do you think is going to be the the uh, Magpies breakout player this year? The one that's going to kind of just. Uh, kind of get you looking forward a couple of years and thinking, okay, things are going to be all right. I like what, um, well, I like our back line. I think um, uh, Braden Maynard, I think I like him. I like him a lot. I think he's going to move into the midfield. I think he's going to get a lot of positions in the midfield. If Braden moves into the midfield, we'll get a bit of a go for the midfield. I think he'll do I think um, who else is going to break our player? I really think Nick Dacos coming in is going to get a game. You might not get a game in the first round, but I think by, the, by round five, Nick Dacos will be in the side, I'd say. Okay. I think Josh will really come of age this year. Josh Dacos. Right. Sadly, I think the Browns, the Brown boys, will, one of them will, uh, will probably be, will have to disappear. I think one of them will go. But I think I'm looking forward to watching Nick Dacos and Josh playing well. I want to see, I think, look, I'm going to make a call. I think Bianco can go the next level. So Trent Bianco for me is going to be the one I'm going to look at to see what he can do. Bianca can go to the next level. Okay. Let's hope he does. Sounds good. Trent Bianca. That's what's okay. Put that on the podcast and we'll, we'll revisit that in the end of <laughs> September and see how it goes. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I wanted to ask you before we wrap up here, I wanted to ask you some uh, kind of questions that are not necessarily footy related, but just to learn a little bit about, about you. Cause I like to, I like to do that towards the end of the episodes here. You know, a lot of people like to ask, uh, you know, what, uh, what keeps them up at night. But I wanted to ask you, what helps you fall asleep at night? What, 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 when you crawl into bed at night and you go, okay, I don't have to worry about that. And you're, you're sawing logs right after that. Then. Uh, I've got a, I've got a new system that just developed about a couple of months ago. Um, I listen to, uh, rain, rain and river flowing music. Okay. So I've got myself, I've got myself on these flat headband with speakers in it. And I put on my Spotify and I find uh, river flows and rainy music. And I just, uh, 
I find I'm out like a light within about, because I've got a sleep app, I monitor my sleep app, and I'm out like a light within maybe four to five minutes. Cool, cool. So so you wouldn't yeah, recommend really like, yeah. you wouldn't recommend the true crime podcast that I'm listening to then, huh? <laughs> uh, so. No, no. That's, yeah, that's a bit of an insight to me. I, I fall asleep with to, to rainy, rain or river flowing music. I'll play that. I'll play that sometimes. I'll play that sometimes in my classes when kids are working on assignments. It's kind of just a some background music soon. and such. Yeah. So, do you have a uh, like a favorite quotation or a mantra that has taken you through life? Yep, I have one. Seek first to understand before you pass to judgment. Okay. Okay. That's Always try one. to understand what the other person is going through. Try to understand what their pains are before trying to pass a judgment on who they are, why they do something. Okay. Now, what is the, uh, what's the best advice anyone has ever given you? Jeez. Oh, you get a lot of advice. You get financial advice. You get this advice. I think the best advice is be my wife. And that's being, believe in yourself and you will always come out on top. Okay, that's good. That's, sometimes that's we go through stages. Sometimes we go through stages where we doubt ourselves, we doubt what we're doing, whether we're changing jobs, mm -hmm. moving to our own business. Just believe in what you're doing, and you'll always come out on top. That's been the best advice anyone's ever given me. Okay, now we're going to look at the other side of the coin. What's the worst advice you've ever gotten? <laughs> Follow Collingwood. <No. laughs> Uh, worst advice, oh, geez, worst advice is, uh, I've got, I've got, okay, I've got a scheme for you that's going to work. And I think to myself, oh, no. So I did Amway for a while. I, got, uh, I think it was right. I, I, got, I picked it up. I did it for a while, but it just wasn't, it didn't it, work. It, it wasn't so worst for you, advice huh? was picking up Amway. Okay. So you still, you still have, uh, you know, you know, many Amway, that many Amway people in the, in the States? Oh, I know, I know what Amway is, but I haven't, I haven't seen one of them in a long time. But I'm guessing you still have several yeah. years worth of laundry detergent stored away. Mind <laughs> <laughs> you, that was several years ago. <laughs> yes, it's those sprays, it's those sprays and the detergents that are killing me. <laughs> right, right. So, is uh, besides being involved with Amway, is there anything that you wish you could do over? Oh, jeez. Yeah, no, not really. No, think about it. You know what? Or, you know, like anyone, I suppose, I'd love to go into a sport, been into a sport, whether it be cricket or, or soccer or AFL. I'd love to go into sports management. I think I've got the knack uh, for sports management. So not managing players, but maybe uh, more event management. I think that would have been a, a, something I think I would have done well because I'm very good in organising, scheduling, communicating, mm -hmm. bringing things together. So I think sport event sort of manager would have been something I would have loved to have done. Okay. So when you, when you're not at work and you're, you're not watching footy, which seems to be, you know, a huge, uh, you know, part of your, of your winter time, what is your passion? What do you, what do you like to spend your time doing away from, away from work? Well, how did you want to say when we first met, when we first met, that's my passion. Okay. 80% uh, of my spare time is spent. I don't watch uh, CSIs. I don't watch NCSs. And I don't watch all those acronyms. Uh, my wife is into that. Uh, we've got every streaming service available, Craig. I watch none of them.
So the families all watched it. So we've got Paramount, we've got Netflix, we've got Disney Plus, we've got Apple TV, we've got all of them. I've uh-huh. never watched one of them. My passion is getting online and trying to always improve myself in business development in LinkedIn and always trying to interact with people and learn and learn and keep on learning. I never think you stop learning, you never should stop learning, but my passion is to to always continue to see what other people are doing in the LinkedIn space, which is ways you know where we met, mm-hmm. and trying to continue to improve and share. Okay. That's my passion. That's 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 a terrific answer. I and I I have to tell you, I don't watch a lot of those shows, but I have found myself uh watching a lot of yeah i my favorite streaming service is one that's called acorn tv which has a lot of british uh and other okay. european but but then also a lot of a lot of programming out of australia and new zealand as well so give me give me a couple of you like give me a couple of british ones probably, i love my british comedies i love my british dramas uh well doc martin's what i love um okay but um midsummer murders is one that okay. i really like um Foils, yeah, well, yeah, War. Good. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just, um, yeah, yeah. But then there is uh, the last series. The last series I watched was Squid Game. I thought Squid Game was interesting, but not many okay. other people liked it. But I've watched Squid. Have you seen Squid Game? I have not. My wife has watched it. I haven't watched that yet. Yeah, it's it's on my list. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, that was the last one I watched. Just because the kids convinced me. And then once I got into the second or third episode, I got hooked. But aside from that, I think Money Heist, first series of Money Heist years ago. Maybe I'll watch that. But apart from that, not much at all. No, okay. to, yeah, I, my, wife, my wife or your wife will sit there and just binge watch a whole weekend. Bang. I go, how do you do it? She goes, I love it. Well, I I, I did watch, uh, I, I found a deal on HBO here in the States for six months where I, I, I watched uh, Game of Thrones for the first time, which I thought was phenomenal. Oh, wow. but, yes. I, but, I, but I watched it over the span of about six weeks. Okay. And one of the one of the main and I don't know if you've watched Game of Thrones, probably the not. First season, yes. Okay. First season. Well, there's 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 the one the one daughter who is wanting to be the um the warrior Arya, the yeah. the the youngest yeah. daughter. Well, I'm watching yeah. this over the course of six weeks, and there's yeah, so here she is as a as a like a preteen in the first season of the show, which the show lasted about 10 years in, in real time. I'm watching it in about six weeks. And I get to the final season where she's having she's having a rather interesting love scene with a character on there. And I'm feeling extraordinarily awkward watching this person that six weeks ago was about 10. So it's just it was one of the most awkward things I've ever done on television. It's like, am I allowed to watch this? She grew up. She grew up. Well, yes, I did, but it just it just that condensed time was kind of strange there. Yeah. So what's your proudest moment in life? Oh, my kids. Okay. My kids. And can I've got three kids. And, three uh, kids. Okay. My oldest son. My oldest son is thirty. He's uh, and the proudest is that they are all Collingwood supporters. I suppose it works out well. Uh, I tell you a good story. My son. This is where my son was about six, seven, going to primary school. Just started what we call here our prep years, our first years. And he came home one day, and the days though, Essendon was dominant team. And he goes, Dad, I want to change teams. I said, Sorry. So come over here. He goes, what was that? I was a bit hard of hearing. He goes, oh, I don't want to follow Collingwood anymore. I said, <laughs> are you serious? Are you, are you serious? He goes, yeah. So what happened? He goes, oh, my friend at school, he's an Essence supporter. They're getting a lot of premierships. I said, listen, two things in life. We never change our religion or our football team. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not, I don't mind you changing the football team, but you're not you're going to go to see another game for the rest of your life. You're going to be going by yourself. And at, at six, seven years old, I don't know who else is going to take you because you've got other uncles who follow Essendon. You've got other relatives who follow Essendon. So you're going to go on your own. He goes, all right, I'll stick with Colin. And he never forgets it. <laughs> so I'm proud of my kids, my whole family. My wife happened to be a Colin supporter. We go as a family. We're family, Colin. So when we go to the football, we go to the football as a call unit of four. He's now married, he's moved on, but he still goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we go as a core unit of four. We got all the games together. We live the ups and downs. So my proudest moment is having my kids, and then we all together enjoy the same sport. So was he was he playing on the same youth team with Luke Shuey then when they were growing up? Yes, he's the one. Okay. Yeah, he was the same okay. youth team. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, he was in the under team where they call they used to call they call them tackers. So they call I only heard Oscar Gotsky's our mm-hmm. Oscar is our program for the juniors. Right. So he was in that, and then they moved into the uh, Bulleen Templestowe Club, which is where Shoot, Luke Shoot came from, and they were playing for two years together. There's a couple of players in there who got drafted, didn't make it, but Luke was the only one that went all the way. And you know the deal here, similar to the NFL, once your player gets drafted to the big league, the junior club gets a massive cash bonus. Oh, I didn't know that. I know it works in the NFL. I don't, no. I don't, don't, don't get a players university. Don't they always say, I'm oh, University of Carolina or University of Kansas. Don't they always make out what university they come from? Mm-hmm. No, they, they don't. The, the schools don't get any money from the NFL at all. Uh-uh. No, that's a, oh, wow. and, in fact, they've Look, in, uh, just in the last year, just in the last year or so, uh, the, the National uh, Collegiate Athletic Association has finally allowed the players, the, the college players to actually market themselves and and actually kind of get paid almost like professional athletes as college athletes no that's never been in fact they used to be extraordinarily restrictive on on what college athletes could do you know but now it's not the, school. the schools that get paid here it's the club so here you join a club and that club mm-hmm. develops you develops you develops you and that club takes you to the and then you get drafted by one of the big teams that that's, so the club that's gets, a, gets a cash cash back once you, if your player gets drafted in the first year, uh-huh. you get an incentive. I think it ranges from a couple of thousand dollars as an injection, which is for a small fledgling club. That's pretty good. Yeah, because I was, you know, I was looking, you know, just at the, uh, you know, at the pies, at the pies list. You know, there's, uh, you know, you've got, uh, what I see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine players who were from the Oakley Chargers. On yes, that list. Sacred Charges you know. is where it's a major feeder. Yeah. yeah Sacred I mean, Charges is a feeder. you got the Geelong Falcons, where mm-hmm. a lot of Geelong players play. So what happens is, you know, they used to have a competition called the NIB Cup. Did you ever see that, the NIB Cup, which is a pre-season competition? I've, yeah. I've, I've heard yeah. of it. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, now I know Nav's yeah. It was a pre-season comp. It was, NIB is a major bank. National Australia Bank is a major bank right. in Australia. So they were sponsored the NIB Cup. So every time a player kicked the goal in that preseason cup, their junior club would get a thousand dollars. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it was a really good incentive. So every time so they'd go back and say, okay, here was your junior club, yep, bang. So if you get three goals for the for the game, you get three thousand going to your club, your junior club. It was a really good incentive. So that meant that meant nobody wanted to play defense. everybody wanted to go see <laughs> everybody wanted to go score. <laughs> Correct, correct. That's right. But it was a really good incentive because it made the players, and it was really giving back to the clubs because grassroots footy here is where we have a lot of people registered to play soccer. We have more soccer players registered at junior level than AFL players. But AFL is still a dominant sport when it comes to this country. 
So there's more young kids registered as soccer players. Uh, but when it comes to AFL, they all want to play with AFLs where the money is. Do you think that the perception maybe with, with parents is that soccer is a safer game for their youngsters to be playing? I think you're right. I think you're right, Craig. I think it is. I think you're right. It's a bit like maybe when you're in environment, maybe playing lacrosse is safer than playing NFL. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I, I think you're right. I think uh, they think it's a safer game. But but the kids that persist with the AFL and do make it, they're the ones that are – you're talking about a rookie here who starts at about 80 to 100K Australian dollars. So it's about maybe – what's that, about 60, 70K US opening salary. Yeah, 60, 70K opening salary for a first-year player. Then – once in first year, the automatic can negotiate a contract. You're looking at you know, minimum 250, 300 for the first, second, third year. So, what are looking there? 150K a year, 200. That's why Kevin Shetty says we can buy your house in the first three years. Right, right. In the first three years, you're getting. Remember, some of these kids are living at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, they, they've got shared accommodation. So, right. the expenses are very minimal. Yeah. I uh, A couple of weeks ago, I uh, three of the cats selections in the most recent draft were all from the Geelong Falcons and I I had all three of them on the podcast a few weeks ago. Oh uh, wow. Yeah, that was, was uh, good connections, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just I've I reached out. I just I reached out to all three of them on Instagram and you know, would you be interested and 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 they were, you know, I I had about a half an hour with them. It was it was Who'd you get? Who'd you get? Who'd you get? Oh, Cooper White and Toby Conway and Mitch Nevitt. Yeah, yeah, who all who all three had played with the Falcons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, Geelong Falcons is where the feeder is for Geelong. Chargers is a feeder for for a lot of the suburban teams here in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And actually, Chargers got good. You got the Charge. You got you got Assumption College, which is a lot of the, the other kids. Are, that's their school they come from. But they've all played for one of those, uh, one of those uh, sort of teams. So we'll see how we go. It's going to be an interesting yeah. season. I can't wait. I mean, I hate cricket. I hate cricket. That's our summer sport. You got baseball. That's mm-hmm. why during your during our summer, I follow NFL with a passion. Okay. So uh, that black lock, you, you know, you, you know how you hate your baseball. You watch AFL. I hate our cricket, and I watch the NFL. So luckily, right, we have right. the NFL to watch over the summer months, and it's, uh, it's great fun, and I enjoy because summer for me is a very, very boring time here in Australia because the sport is not engaging. We have the soccer league, which is not as good quality league. It's just you know a little bit like the ML, MLS. It's a very average league. Um, so for me, lucky for NFL and lucky for games we get live, and I just love it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't watch a whole lot of. You know, I mean, I announce my high school teams for soccer, the school teams, but other than that, I don't generally watch it because I, I joke with people that soccer is a communist sport because they don't let you use all your body parts. So, yeah. <laughs> so Look, I think it's got. A, I think it's got. It's not. It's a skillful game, but it's not as taxing as NFL or IFL. It's not as taxing. It's not as uh, demanding on the body. Yeah, I think and I, I just you know, like the the one big thing that I always wonder is just you know, the whole thing with the offsides rule, is that you know you get you in some ways you get penalized for being faster than your opponent. Yeah, you know, yeah. which is or more clever. Yeah, yeah, it's just you know, I don't know. It's just it's always been something that I've never been able to figure out, and it's you know, I enjoy I enjoy watching the kids at my school play, but I don't I don't need to, I don't need to have it go any further than that though. So, um, I think we've covered everything here. I, you know, I was going to ask you about, you know, about 
how do you how do you def, you know you kind of address this already with what makes you proud with your kids but the last thing i want to ask you and maybe this is going to be the same thing here but how do you define happiness health okay that's good that's i'm healthy good. i'm happy i that's mean good. health on myself health on my family members my mother's health my extended family but more importantly my, my family's health that's happiness mm-hmm that's, everything that's great. Else, I, I mean, everything else I think is just by the wayside. It's just yeah. not, not even worth had, What is it? That, don't split the small stuff. That's it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I had a I had a little bit of a health scare back in August, and uh, since then I've I've dropped about thirty kilos since uh, the middle of August. So I've I've made some significant wow. changes in uh, in in my lifestyle here. So. Um, yeah, you have family, Craig. You don't want me to ask you. You have family. Yeah, I have. My wife and I have been married for 26, 27 years, I think. But we have an anniversary coming up next week. I should probably know the how many years it's been. <laughs> I know it's more than twenty five, but yeah, we've got a. You know, my my youngest is a, my youngest daughter. I've got two kids. She's uh, studying to be a school teacher as well, and Good. my son is a. Uh, he's an officer in the U.S. Navy. Um, wow. and he's, oh, a, he's, wow. assi- he's assigned to a ship in, on the East coast of the United States. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. You get to say much, you get to say much, uh, not as often you, you as get I to say for Christmas. Uh, no, not, I was, you get to say for Christmas? She, my daughter's going to be coming home for Christmas, but he's, he's, yeah. uh, he's actually going to be, he's taking some leave, uh, but he's going to be staying, uh, at home in Virginia to do some studying because he's, uh, He's finishing up some qualifications on his ship, but then he's also uh, trying to get into law school as well to become an attorney and, you know, because, you know, to work as he wants to work as, as an attorney in the Navy. Uh, so he's trying to go to law school through that. So he's, he took the, the entrance exam, what they call the LSAT here once did pretty well enough, but he wants to try to do a little better on it. So you don't want to know the truth. God damn it. You don't yes. want to know the truth. <laughs> That's well, you know, I, I, That's don't, it. I don't know. I don't know if he has, I don't know if he has that movie or not. He's got a lot of movies, but I don't know if he has that one, but yes, that's uh that's what he wants to do. Yes. The Navy guy was a prosecutor. Was, I, yeah. It was a prosecutor. So that was yep. good. Yeah. Well, I I actually liked uh, the 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 third person because Demi Moore was in that, but then the other yeah. uh, officer there was uh, a guy by the name of Kevin Pollack, who was a comedian. He's one of the yes. funniest comedians out there. Just yeah. a very funny guy. I know. It's even a serious role. I know. It's amazing. Yes, absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'd love to thank uh, my guest, uh, Consortitis, for coming on to the podcast, sir. It was an absolutely fun discussion. Love talking uh, footy with people. Oh. Love learning more about footy fans i mean that's kind of what i've i've have gravitated towards and getting the unique stories and the fact that you you know that you emigrated and uh and you fell in love with this game and your family embraced the game as well is just is absolutely terrific and i appreciate you carving out some time in your saturday morning to sit down and talk with me thank you craig it's been great it's great to reminisce it's great to sort of look back and see you know how i've come to love the game and uh, i think uh like i said i must most grateful to my parents come to this country and giving me the opportunities, but also giving me what I would call, and I had to be biased with the greatest game in the world. I've seen other games, and I love my NFL, but, you know, football just sits there. Well, so I really appreciate it, Craig. Thanks very much for the opportunity. You bet. It's Absolutely. been awesome. Uh, if you ever want to again, let me know. 
Absolutely. I will do that. Thank you. Cheers. And again, a huge thank you to Consotitis for coming on the podcast uh, last week to sit down for discussion. You know, I, I mentioned to Con, and then I reached out to Michael Gallus, who I had on the show a couple of weeks ago. Just a couple of extraordinarily positive people. And in fact, the, the gentleman that I interviewed a couple of days after I spoke to Khan, who happens to be an American living in Australia, just it, it's just kind of continued that whole progression of positivity. And I don't know if it's just something that's uh, kind of um, rooted in Australia. And, and I know rooted is not the right word to use, that it, it is uh, based in, if you will. Uh, so I'm going to leave that. I'm not, I'm not going to edit that out there. But you get the idea that it's, it's planted firmly in Australia, this idea of positivity there. And it's, it's in, in spite of everything that's gone on in the last couple of years with lockdowns and things of that nature. So it's it's been great to talk to, to some absolutely wonderful people that are just so excited, so positive about their outlook on life, their footy clubs, that type of thing, and, and the things that, that keep them active and busy. Now, don't forget that you can find everything related to the podcast over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. I hope you'll consider checking it out. You can get on the mailing list there. You can leave me a voicemail. I'm also hoping to set up discussions with supporters of all 18 clubs uh, to do previews of each of the clubs. So if you're interested in doing that, you can go over to the register as a guest button uh, at the top of the page and sign up for that. I'm looking to set up as many of those as I can in the near future. If you want to help out the podcast, you can click on the bottom uh, left-hand corner. There's a little yellow circle there. It's the uh, Buy Me a Coffee page. You can support the podcast there if you choose to do so. Uh, if you want to check out any of the swag from the podcast as well, you can click on my Redbubble page up there in the store at the top. be great if you would go ahead and do that. Now that you've listened, I hope you'll consider heading over to Apple Podcasts or on my website and leaving a five-star review if you like the show. And that allows me then to share that out, out on my socials. To uh, and, and by by all means, if if you're enjoying the show, I hope you'll consider taking a moment and you know popping up on your socials your favorite episode or mentioning to your friends that hey, there's this uh, this Yank, hence the name, uh, who who loves this game and maybe you haven't checked out this podcast yet. And you might actually you know like it. It might be a great thing to listen to on the drive to work or the ride. You know on public transportation or if you're out for a run or whatever with your dog or whatever the case may be, I'll just walk my dogs if that's okay. Uh, be greatly appreciated. So you can do that over on Apple Podcasts. You can, you know, that gets into their algorithm. It'll hopefully trigger it a little bit and get it out in front of, you know, get recommendations out to more and more people. Um, but you can also now, and this is something that's actually changed just in the last few days, Spotify has also set up the ability for people to not leave a review necessarily, but to leave a, a rating system there. Like it's up to a five-star rating system uh, over on Spotify. So if you listen to the podcast on Spotify and you want to leave a, a rating over there, that'd be greatly appreciated as well. I think that that's going to work in their algorithms as well as putting it up in front of people. It's a recommended podcast if enough people like it. So if you want to help out the show, that'd be fantastic. I would love for you to do that. Now, again, don't forget that you can reach me over at yankonthefooty at gmail.com or on Twitter at yank underscore on or on Facebook and Instagram at yankonthefooty. I do have the DMs open over there. You can send me a message by all means. You can also find my podcast over on my YouTube channel by searching out my name, Craig Wessels. 
And you can also get on the mailing list over on my website as well. So when a new episode comes out, I can go ahead and get that sent out to you first before anybody else. And when I do live episodes, which will be coming up here again fairly soon, with the new season uh, beginning to start in just a couple of weeks now in the AFLW, we'll be doing some live episodes again here very shortly. And uh, I always send out the invite uh, to the... uh, to the people on the email list, letting them know when that's going to be happening. So if they want to come on or have questions, that sort of thing, that'd be great. Now, folks, we're coming up on the end of 2021. We've had a couple of very tumultuous years uh, with regards to COVID. But um, now we have a whole new variant, Omicron, and we'll see what they come up with next. I think they're going to have to spin the... uh, the big uh, Greek letter for wheel, the big Greek letter wheel on Wheel of Fortune to find out which uh, letter we're going to come up with after this one, because I'm sure there's going to be another one coming out. Not being a conspiracy theorist, but I think the way these things work, they do tend to mutate. So we'll see what happens. But stay safe, look out for each other, love one another. I hope things go fabulously well for you in 2022, and that there are no obstacles that are in front of you that preclude you or prevent you from doing the things that you want to be doing. I hope that we're able to just kind of put this stuff in the rearview mirror and say, you know what, let's get on with it. So as I was saying before the batteries ran out on my pod track here, I hope we're able to get back to everything that we love doing, everything that we want to be doing here in the in the near future and uh, that our lives get back to some sort of normalcy here. And I hope that that normalcy includes, of course, you getting to do what you want, live your life the way that you want, and finding some time to check out my podcast, of course, because, uh, well, you know, this podcast has kind of been ensconced in the pandemic. So I'm hoping that once we come out of this thing, that that, that people still have a soft spot for the podcast uh, in their day, and they can find time to check it out and will hopefully still be interested in it. Now, folks, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. We're coming up on the second anniversary of the podcast. I'll have a an anniversary show that is it's mainly going to be it's going to mainly be my AFLW preview for 2022 uh coming out this next week. Um I'm I'm working through the ladder in terms of how I see it playing out uh Hopefully I get the the clubs that are going to be in the top six in the top six. Again, you know, I missed Melbourne completely last year in the in the men's comp. But, you know, we're fans of this fantastic game. I appreciate those of you who have engaged with me for sharing your game with me. Because it's been an absolute, uh, I don't want to say a life savior, but it's uh, a life saver, but it's been something that has has become so much a part of my life that that I look at it now and I'm thinking, where the hell would I be without it? I mean, I, I, I honestly, I don't know where I'd be without it because it's become so much a part of, of me now. It's, it's kind of like it's ingrained in me now that it's, uh, that, that, that footy has become, you know, and so integral to me, it's, you know, I, I actually had a student uh, recently who had to do a uh, an interview assignment for one of their 
literature or their writing classes. Well, he decided he wanted to interview me to talk about Australian rules football, which kind of lets me know that, that maybe we're starting to dip a toe into the game here a little bit uh, at my school. Not not that it's going to be leading to, to the game getting grown there or anything of that nature, but in terms of the interest in watching it. So it's been uh, it's been great as far as that goes. So I do hope that if you'd like to show that you'll go ahead and, and share a link to this episode or maybe your favorite episode, whatever that might happen to be, uh, with your friends and family out on your social media because word of mouth helps to get... Uh, the show in front of new ears. But uh, folks, I, I truly, truly thank you for tuning in. I truly, truly thank you for coming along on this journey about the podcast with me. And as always, folks, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 117 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or to yank on the footy at gmail.com. And you can also find me on Instagram and on Facebook at A Yank on the Footy. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. And please consider sharing this episode or your favorite episode out on your socials with your friends and family. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>